0: yeah this is pastor jolly john wikumski uh, coming to you from northfield minnesota and here with me i have pastor tim Shakel. who's also coming to you from northfield minnesota <laughs> we're in the room together for a change uh, and uh, this is wrestling, wrestling with, with the, the basics, basics. Uh, tim we're, we're doing a series on revelation again we appreciate having you with us because i know this is something you've done a, a lot of research on but before we do it I I have a question I've been wanting to ask you. I I haven't asked you before now because I I know elections were coming up and and I didn't want to get political, but the elections are over and done with now, so I I kinda feel free to ask this. Tim, what what what, what's your opinion about vegetables, Tim? Do you have an opinion on I'm not very fond of vegetables. I prefer fruits. You prefer fruits? Okay. Which in previous episodes, we discussed that that's what God started with was the fruits, right? Yeah, he said you right. may eat of every fruit. Yeah. It was only after the fall that they started having to plant stuff on the ground. Um, now, now, when you say you, you say you're not fond of them, but you are really, aren't you, Tim? You're you're like me. I'm pro-vegetable. That's why I don't eat them. Right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I concerned for their well-being. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a well-known scientific fact that like if, 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 if vegetables are encroached upon, you know, like if a rabbit's coming up to a carrot patch, they will actually manufacture a, a chemical so that they, they taste bad. And I'm thinking, well, they don't want to be eaten. Well, that's, you know, I don't think I should. It's fine by me. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Well, good. I was concerned. So we're on the same page that's here. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, on the other end, because now, now, it's a – people – I don't think people want to talk about the vegetable issue because it's it's a pretty uh, sophisticated thing. It, it's not as simple as – so, for example, will you eat vegetables, Tim, if they – like broccoli. We'll t- pick out one vegetable. Will you eat broccoli if it has a creamy cheddar sauce on it or a nice Bernays sauce? Will you eat that? Right,
1: I because I like Bernays sauce and I like cheddar creamy sauces, Yep.
0: And again, because it tastes good, right? right? Yeah. And obviously, if it tastes good, then God would want us exactly. to eat it. All right. Well, good. I, <laughs> I, I just felt we needed to declare our position on that. Yeah. Uh, so Tim and I are both pro vegetable. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now on to something that actually is more. We hope it's more worthwhile. We've been doing the whole thing about uh, Revelation, and of course, I've been excited uh, since our last recording because we're going to talk about the Great Prostitute. What well, makes her so great, Tim?
1: <laughs> well she wore a lot of jewelry.
0: Oh good well if you're gonna be a <laughs> prostitute, people, honestly. But those of you who are listening out there wondering <laughs> Jewelry is important. I see she's also got purple and scarlet and all kinds of stuff, too. But maybe before we talk about the great prostitute, Revelation 17, by the way, for those that are following along at home, you wanted to kind of give us an overview of all the characters, and then we can see where she fits into this story.
1: Sure, Uh, because Revelation is unique. that It has characters that reappear over and over again. It's quite a narrative in itself, uh, which... Uh, is unique to it compared to other prophecies. I mean, you have other characters in Isaiah and Ezekiel, but they don't uh, have like arcs and that type of thing. But Revelation has that. I'm going to
0: interrupt you because your mom was – and, you know, we love your mom. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And she was commenting that that she really liked – your approach to that, that that you were talking about, it's, it's almost like a movie, Uh, you know, it's an action film with, uh, with actors and characters and all that going on. So Mm -hmm. she would second what you said about the specialness of Revelation.
1: So uh, some of the characters, uh, you have God, who who is, you know, the Father, the, the Lamb, who is, you know, the Son, and Jesus, and then the Spirit. So God's there. The and then, Trinity. Okay. then opposed to him is Satan, who appears as the dragon. Okay. Uh, and then you have below God are the angels, and they sing and they uh, carry God's throne and they speak for God. They you know they have the, the eternal gospel with them. And then opposed to them are the demons. Uh, you know the the fallen angels, and uh, they torture people in Revelation, and uh, um, they're even given permission to kill some some. Uh, wicked people not the righteous ones um, and then uh, you have the righteous people the saints um, and they wear the blood of the lamb and they wear uh, the white robes given to them by the lamb uh, because uh,
0: the lamb died for their sins but and can, if I get interrupt you see I think sure. that's the cool thing. So they're the righteous and the saints, not because they're necessarily the best people, not because they've never done anything wrong, not because they aren't sinners, but because they have the robe that makes them pure and holy, the robe washed white in the blood of the Lamb. Correct. Yeah.
1: And so then opposed to them would be the wicked, and they're characterized for being unrepentant. So even though God gives them chances to repent, uh, they will refuse and they remain unrepentant. And, and
0: boy, Tim, it just sort of said, so that's what's cool about it. It's not like they, they could have been on the other side. They could have been with the righteous and the saints, but they refuse to recognize that they need to be put in the, the robes that are washed white in the lamb. That is okay. correct.
1: Yeah, yep. all right. And uh, the, the saints are also represented by the woman uh, that uh, is the bride, okay. uh, you know, the church. Um, and, you know, of course, uh, she marries Jesus uh, in the wedding feast. Um, then there's another woman, the harlot, that's who we're getting to today, uh, and she entices all uh, people, and she uh, gets the wicked to follow her and do all kinds of wickedness and uh, speak all kind of kinds of blasphemy against God. Uh, and then you have um, beneath Satan or, or with Satan, you might say, are two beasts. Uh, you know, the, the beast that comes out of the water, and then the beast that comes from the land. Which would be the, the false prophet uh, and uh, and the propaganda that uh, he speaks and, and uh, working the means he uses okay. uh, to to uh, get people to do these wicked things. Uh, on the opposite side of that would be uh, God having these uh, four living creatures, and you maybe might throw the angels in there, uh, but the, the four living creatures kind of stand out as different and different looking, and you know they're uh, they're holding the altar together and uh, doing God's bidding. So those are all the characters and they, they reappear over and over again. The one that's kind of unique is the prostitute because the prostitute revelation reveals to us is the same as the second beast in chapter 13, but is also the same as uh, the great uh, city of Babylon uh, as opposed to the city of Jerusalem. So the wicked have their own city. That's Babylon. The righteous have their city. That's the new Jerusalem. Uh, so you have all these parallels, but you have all these characters, and they keep reappearing.
0: So, so it almost sounds like you have got a whole a group of, of, of evil, wicked things going on. And and, and they are they mocking? Is that what it is? Is the devil kind of mocking all, all of the good things, the angels, the righteous, the saints, the four living creatures? Uh, are, are, are no? Am I off track on well, that? Or
1: not only is he mocking? That's part that part is true. He's, okay. he's mocking yeah. God, but not only is he mocking God, but he's mimicking God such that he. Might deceive the righteous ones, the elect, okay. right? Okay. And so he does things so that way it looks like he's being God when he's not really being God. He's enticing them to fall away from God. So just like uh, uh, Satan, you know, uses scripture, you know, connivingly so that you know he, people would fall away. It's the same kind of thing.
0: So it's kind of so it's, it's this whole deception thing, which has been from the very beginning. Uh, I, I, okay, that's an excellent point. So. Which beast are we going to be talking about here? Because I know it says the great prostitute and it's, the beast.
1: The prostitute and the beast—it's it, the same two creatures are uh, in uh, Revelation 13. So both beasts. Okay. So the prostitute is the second beast. Ah, the, okay. prosti- the prostitute is the, the false prophet, the one who looks like a dragon. Or, I mean, looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. Okay. Um, and the the. First beast is the one that doesn't change throughout Revelation. So that's uh, in chapter 13 is when it's first revealed. And uh, all kinds of wickedness happens through these two beasts or the prostitute.
0: Okay. So. W- how far do you want me to read in chapter seven? So, just read verses 1 to 6. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bulls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute, who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, Uh, and it had seven heads and ten horns. Uh, The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls holding in her hand a cup full of abominations and the impurities, I'm sorry, of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery. Oh, there it is, Tim. Babylon, the great mother of prostitutes and earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And, man, Tim, I hope you can offer some explanation because that is confusing to me.
1: All right. Well, let me give some... Highlight and then you can ask your questions. Okay. John. Okay. So there's the, the prostitute. Don't forget, this is the same character as the second beast. Okay. but She's alluring, right? And she yeah. stands opposed to the woman that is the church. So this is the wicked part of, uh, you know, the, that Justin opposes to the church. Here's something that is another woman. She's seductive. She's adorned in purple, you know, which is royalty. So she's acting like uh, a queen, okay. or you know, a king, so to speak, um, but isn't really one, right? She, she—it's it's
0: always fake, isn't it? It's always just a a, a lie uh, of what the truth is. Right. Yeah.
1: If she she's queen of anything, it's queen of wickedness, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and she is uh, got drunk on what the blood of all the the righteous people. Yeah. Okay. Because she's been attacking God and attacking God's children, God's people. And so, and you have that cup that's reminiscent of, uh, chapter 14, John, remember we yep, had, we had I, a cup there. okay? The cup. And the cup there, that was the God's cup of wrath, right? right. That's for all the, the wicked. And remember that Jesus, he bears that cup when he goes to the cross, right? And he, he says, you know, take this cup away from me. That's what he's talking about, right? That he's bearing the full weight of, Uh, hell on behalf of the righteous people. Well, her cup is um, that she seduces uh, people to stray stray away from God, to to believe in the beast, you know, that is, uh, to believe in anything that is wicked that is not God. That's her purpose.
0: And, and, you know, Tim, see, it strikes me. I, I can understand that because the one cup, like you said, was a cup of wrath and a cup of punishment. And again, as you also said, thank God, that's the cup that Jesus drinks. So we don't have to drink this cup. But if I was out there, well, here's a cup of wrath. And here's, oh, here's a cup of, uh, well, it's abominations and impurities. But, you know, abominations and impurities, that's kind of cool sometimes, Tim, well, well, <laughs> you know. Well, also
1: notice it, the luxury. So the gold, the jewels, the pearls. And uh, in Chapter 18, we get kind of uh, an idea of what people would be allured into. It is, okay. it, is the, it is the wealth. And uh, all the power that she holds, you know.
0: Okay, so so I can bear the cross, or I can go after this this prostitute, and I'm going to have wealth and sexual satisfaction, and what well, you named the earthly blessing. Apparently, she offers that in her cup. Seems like a, a you know an, an obvious choice to me, Tim. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So, uh, any other questions on on those verses there?
0: John? All right. So, so she is representing, she's the one that's tempting the saints. And, and yet at the same time, she's the one that's martyring the saints too. Isn't that crazy? Correct, yep. Yeah.
1: And just note that this isn't the dragon, right? So no. it's, uh, so Satan is using her uh, to uh, do his bidding, so to speak, to, to tempt, to tempt uh, all the saints.
0: Is it proper to look at what's going on in the world now? Are there things, that are happening people, events that would actually reflect this prostitute in our world at this moment, or is that, are we going to get off track if we try to do that?
1: No. I mean, you could fit uh, all kinds of things, not just this time period, but, you know, multiple time periods, uh, including the time period that the early Christians would have lived in. Right. Okay. Uh, So, uh, you know, history kind of repeats itself. Right. Uh, um, But, um, uh, so in particular, it would be, you know, the, the wealth and power, you know, okay. at the expense of, at the expense of, uh, God and, and worshiping God. So for instance, Christians in the early church were, were persecuted, uh, for their beliefs and, you know, were told that they should worship, uh, the emperor, uh, and if they didn't, you know, they, they might be persecuted, uh, you know, during the time of Domitian, for example. Yep. Um, So those, those are some examples Uh, and, uh, or temple worship, you know, they, they would have orgies and stuff, you know, that would be explicit, you know, in, in, in with this, but it's not just that it's everything that is against God. You know, it's, it's anything that's anti-God that is what she represents.
0: So so it's okay to say, okay, like, like in in our culture today, the, the whole sexual immorality is just getting crazy. You know, there are things that you can see on TV that, and my grandmother would have fainted if she had seen and so it's okay to say yeah that's part of it but but it would be wrong to say that's all of it that this is much more than just those individual things
1: well i would, i would just like to point out that the harlot is um, chosen for a reason right because anybody with, with human experience can understand what that what that feels like and you know if you got married and one spouse cheated on you yeah. you understand how uh, damaging that is, yeah. you know, just opposed to, uh, you know, uh, the the woman, the church, um, who is, you know, uh, not virgin literally, but yeah. virgin because she wears the blood of the lamb. She's repented of her sins, uh, you know, and it, you know, beckons back to Hosea. You know, you you have the the, the um, prostitute uh, imagery there yeah. as as well. Um, so and the the cheating is happening when you're um, falling away from God when you're saying something's better than God so it that's that's the imagery there okay so it's purposeful you know the harlot's chosen on purpose because uh, you have betrayed God at, as what you know you're no longer the wife of of him you know you've chosen something something else you
0: and, and one of the things you've done consistently Tim is you've shown us that these themes are, are running through the whole Bible. And now when you bring up that theme, I can think of all the prophets and all those where it was the same thing, where, where the image is that Israel has been unfaithful, that she was the bride, and now she's uh, been adulterous. So uh, uh, again, uh, all right, anything else about these verses, Tim?
1: No, I think we can move on to verses 7 to 18.
0: And you know what? I forgot the latter half of verse 6 because of the way they divided the paragraphs, Uh, John says, when I saw her, I marveled greatly. So this must have been something that impressed even the apostle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven to what, Tim? Eighteen. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? Oh, well, good. (laughs) He was marveling. Why do you marvel? I tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have not been written in the Book of Life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was, and is not, and is to come. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. There are also seven kings, five of whom has fallen. One is, the other has not yet come, And when he does come, he will remain only a little while. As for the beast, that was and is not, and it is an eighth, but belongs it to the seven, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them. For he is the Lord of lords and king of kings, and those with him are called chosen and faithful. And the angel said to me, the waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out this purpose of being one mind and handling over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. And it said something right here, you have to have wisdom. And apparently I don't as man. Yeah, this calls for a mind of wisdom. I am confused, Tim. Can you, especially this ending part where I, I thought these were the evil people and now they've turned on their own? Right. Uh, all right. Well, that, so One, go, go one thing
1: at a time. First, yeah, it yeah. reveals to us what the waters were. Okay. Yes. That was in the first six verses that we read. Okay. Yeah. And so the, she's uh, on the waters and is telling us th- that those waters are the people who were seduced by her. Right. Okay. All right. So that's what that represents. They're the wicked, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, I've also, I forgot, we should have noted that she's in the desert. She's in the wilderness. Okay.
0: Just like the other woman was too. Right.
1: But for a different church, different purpose, right? For the church, that's her time of testing. Just like Jesus is tested in the desert. The Israelites are tested, uh, in, in the desert for her though, it's reminiscent of the idea that demons were, you know, supposedly in the desert, right? It's that she, she partakes of the wickedness, um, so,
0: so, in a way, she's actually the one doing the testing, there. right? She's right, the one okay. doing, the, doing no. the
1: testing, correct? Um, so anyway, then we have all these kings and, and kingdoms, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. For, first, there's that, those seven, and um, just in short, uh, there's no satisfying representation okay. of these, okay? I feel
0: better, <laughs> I right. feel better, okay,
1: good, <laughs> however, uh. Many perceive those first seven to be, you know, the seven hills of Rome. Okay. Because okay. that, that, that would be easily recognizable to the early church. You yeah. know, th- at least that would be a partial fulfillment. Okay. Uh, on the bigger picture, though, who knows? Okay. Okay. But what's important is that they're all working together. And we have some kind of human interaction. that, you know, the beast is working through means, through, through these evil okay. kings. And they're all giving power to her. And What happens in the end is that evil turns it on itself, right? They they destroy the harlot in the end. They they kind of uh, uh, you know they, uh, turn against her. So evil turns against evil in the in the end. You know it's like any any action movie, right? You yeah. have all these wicked people, mobsters, and uh, you know they they you know whack a guy, so to speak, you know because uh, they they were going to turn him in, you know that yeah. type of thing. So evil turns on itself. That's kind of what's happening here. Um, So, uh, but they give, uh, you know, this kind of exchange of power and the power is being used for what purpose to thwart God and, uh, his chosen people. So that's the idea there. Any questions, John?
0: Well, I I just want to say, I really like that idea that the evil turns on the evil, because I, I, I think that's how God punishes evil. He just... Let's it be evil. Let's it do it. I, I think of how he punished Pharaoh. He just let Pharaoh be hard-hearted. And Pharaoh brought all of this misery and all this suffering upon himself and upon his people. So I think that, that's a neat theme. And that is exactly, and it fits a God of love and mercy because he doesn't really want to do evil to anybody. But if you don't want to repent, if you don't want His that, that blood on you washing you clean, then I guess you'll suffer the results of that. And God doesn't even need to lift his finger. It just happens. Uh, all right. What else here, though,
1: Tim? Go back to the very last couple of verses. Okay. There.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and the woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of earth. Okay. That's allusion to the next chapter because okay. the great city is Babylon. Right? All right. So you have the, the the prostitute as opposed to the woman, Babylon as opposed to the New Jerusalem. So you have the wicked city, and the wicked city uh, is a place of where all the wickedness happens. But okay. all the wickedness. Brought all that wealth and power, and and uh, she, the prostitute, is destroyed uh, quickly. In, you know, in, in a moment's notice, so to speak, and she she she's she she's burned to a crisp, and everybody marvel marvels at her uh, destruction. So that, that's what what happens next.
0: Um, Are we going to deal with? Uh, do we have time? Because we only got a couple episodes left. Are we going to deal with the fall of Babylon or, or we won't have time for that, Tim? Or We can
1: uh, cover it a little bit. Okay. Yep. On our next episode. Um,
0: you know, the one thing I noticed in this text too is that verse 17 where it says, For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handling over their royal power of the beast. So isn't that crazy? So we got these people doing evil things and God's actually using the evil things to accomplish his purpose. Correct. Um, Well, Tim, we've come to the end of another episode. We will pick up Chapter 18. What other chapter are we going to? We're going to go to Chapter
1: 7, where we see, uh, or uh, 7 to 9, really, uh, where we see the seven trumpets.
0: All right, and this has been
1: Wrestling Wrestling with with the
0: the basics. Basics.